Now, from my time living abroad, um, I had memories of post offices acting as banks as well, or at least money changing hands in post offices. It wasn't all about stamps and packages and 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 post office boxes and so on. Um, so I was interested when I saw the news this week that Canada Post will now be offering loans uh, here. They've launched a partnership with TD Bank Group. Uh, the Crown Corp says the program is designed to provide more financial options across the country, including for Canadians in rural, remote, and Indigenous communities where often financial services are few and far between. The program is called My Money. It will see Canada Post employees help direct customers on how to apply for the loans, either online or by phone. Uh, TD will support the customers through the application, decision-making, and funding process. Um, Apparently, it was a pilot project that was launched last fall. It's ramping up nationally now in recent weeks. Um, And Canada Post says they found there was a demand for it, the range of loans. It starts at about $1,000, or it starts at $1,000 up to $30,000. Flexible repayment terms, uh, the interest rates are set by TD, customers do not need to have a TD bank account, and they can be new to credit. So who benefits in all this? Will it make a difference? Joining me now with more on that is Jerry Buckland. He's a professor of economics at Canadian Mennonite University in Winnipeg. Thanks so much for your time tonight, Jerry. Thank you so much, Ben. So not that I, I think it caught it caught me by surprise today when Canada Post announced that they were uh, heading into the loan business. Uh, what did you make of it? Well, it's yeah, I mean, it's a it's a new development for sure. I think it's been in the works for quite a while in the sense that the Canadian Union of Postal Workers, I believe, have been advocating for the post the Canada Post to get get into some kind of financial inclusion project and and you know credit is a part of that so i guess the pilot started back in 2021 and so now they're regularizing it i mean postal um systems do have a history Mm -hmm. in well both in canada but in other countries of offering financial services so I, i think in the uk they still do that and there are other countries where the postal system does this right and and part of it is this idea of spatial inclusion that there are parts of countries that aren't well serviced by banks and there's going to be a post office so why not you know work through the postal system yeah, I remember that from living in the UK, actually, that, that uh, and, and Europe, too, that banks were often, uh, that post offices were often more than just places to get and send mail, that there was a banking system involved there as well. Uh, do you see the need for it? And, and and the timing is, it's I guess the timing is a bit, not strange, but it, it it's 2022, right? You feel like you could do everything on your phone these days, uh, but an interesting initiative, at least. Well, yeah, for sure. So, just to be clear, Ben, like my research has focused on the experience of people who are typically financially excluded in some way. Mm-hmm. And that would, you know, include low income Canadians who have sort of, you know, face barriers to to banking, various barriers. And some of those barriers are just physical barriers that there aren't branches in their community. And, and there are other barriers. So so this actually I see as a as a positive development because people can go to their post office. Now they don't actually, you know, do the loan transaction at the post office apparently. Mm-hmm. So I I looked at the website and you know you apply online. Um so it's not quite the same experience that a person would have in getting a loan maybe from a bank or in some cases people who face barriers to banking and 
end up financially excluded will find themselves at a, a fringe bank, like a, um, a payday lender. Mm-hmm. And, and in that case, it, it is a, it's a high touch in-person kind of relationship. So, so they're, they're kind of, I think, trying to find a middle ground here between the, 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 the high touch fringe bank or assuming that people do all their banking online now. Yeah, I guess for rural, remote, and indigenous communities, you know, there are far more post office. The system's already in place, so it would make sense simply to broaden the uh, the services on offer. Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I I wonder. I mean, from my vantage point, what would be super helpful is the full range of financial services. So that would be savings and you know transactions, uh, bill payments. And of course, you know, credit is is one of them, and and it's that full service of financial services that would be would be super helpful. So in some remote communities, their only options for financial services are retail stores. You know, who who offer financial services that tend to be fairly high cost, and therefore people you know just don't have access to very good quality financial services. I guess in this case, because uh, TD is the bank and in, 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 uh, is, is partnering up here, that people will be able to uh, to get what would be bank rates, right? Relatively, you know, what anyone would pay walking into a TD here as well. Yeah, and I don't know precisely the rates. I think you're right, though, that the rates for this loan are going to be substantially lower than fringe bank credit products like the payday loan. Even the installment loan from the payday lenders is, you know, approaching the criminal rate of interest 60%. So this looks like a credit product that's that's much more reasonably priced. I'm not sure it's the same as, you know, a person with a, a really strong credit rating is going to get, but but it is definitely an improvement over, you know, going to a payday lender or, or an installment lender. Um, you know, we we read a lot, I read a lot, and have seen it a lot in other parts of the world where sort of there's a whole generation of banking was skipped, right? You know, there were no physical banks, then all of a sudden everything's done online um, or everything's done by mobile phone or mobile money. Um, how much of a problem is access to financial services still in this country? And, and are we moving fast enough to try and make it accessible to everyone, given that the technology at least exists to make it more accessible? Yeah, that's such a good question. And it's a paradox because on the one hand, you're right, financial services, like so many other services are so available now, if you have like certain things, a computer, internet, I guess, you know, a credit rating, for instance. So, so if you have those things, then it's, it's very accessible. But, but if you, if you don't have some of those things, then the universal access thing kind of doesn't work and so if you're in a remote rural location even people in you know an urban setting inner city setting where there aren't very many banks and it's not just whether there's a bank or not it's also whether the person feels that this bank is a part of their i guess community and this bank you know actually respects and values them as a client and, you know, so if, if those things aren't in place, if there's either no bank or there, you know, maybe are a few banks, but you don't feel like you're their kind of client, then then that's a barrier. So, yeah, no, I think we still need to do work on this, uh, Ben. And I think that um, we, we in Canada have something called the Access to Basic Banking Regulations, and they date back to the 1990s. 
they were probably pretty decent regulation uh, regulations back then. But as we know, banking, like you said, it's just changed so dramatically in the last 20 years that we really need to update those those basic banking regulations. Jerry Buckland is with us this half hour. He's a professor of economics at Canadian Mennonite University in Winnipeg. We've been talking about Canada Post uh, starting to offer loans, uh, starting at $1,000, up to $30,000, filling a gap between payday lenders and traditional banks, they say. Uh, the loans will carry interest rates set by TD, but customers do not need to have a bank account and can be new to credit as well. We are in a time now where we're talking a lot about affordability, about making ends meet and how difficult that is. And I can only imagine for for people who already are who are already financially vulnerable that often that means having to turn for emergency money to places that make you even more financially vulnerable. And how big a problem is that still in this country? Yeah, very helpful question, Ben. This is um, a problem, particularly for people with very limited credit options or people who have kind of maxed out on the credit options that they have. And so in, in these cases, people end up at, you know, credit providers that are providing things like payday loans or installment loans. I mean, in some cases, even a, a pawn loan. These products help people in the short term. But if the person's financial needs are long term, then there's a mismatch and they're possibly going to get into a worsened situation because they're you know they can't pay off a loan when the deadline comes so what do they do well they have to take out another loan and so then that just you know creates a debt burden and increases the debt and and makes it more difficult for them so yeah this is uh this is a problem because i i think in 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 the from the perspective of the credit retailer they want to get credit out because that's how they generate their profit but from the credit consumer Ideally, they should only be borrowing when it's going to meet their needs and they're able to repay that loan. But sometimes if you're desperate, you know, you take out a loan and you can't repay it. And this is where I think the problem comes in. The the credit retailer maybe doesn't really care that much. And 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 so, yeah, there's there's been efforts to try to regulate the short term uh, fringe payday lenders. But I, I think more work needs to be done. Do you have any concerns given circumstances that we're seeing now heading into winter? It's been, you know, eight, nine months now of very high inflation, prices of everything going up. Are you at all concerned from where you sit about what we might be seeing when it comes to debt and 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 payday debt and so forth, or, or at least loan debt, you know, aside from credit card debt and mortgage debt and so on, but just straight up debt that you've been talking about? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Canadians are highly indebted in terms of cons consumer credit products. Now, we also, on average, have a lot of housing asset. So, so you know, that does kind of um, uh, help to rectify that, that high consumer debt problem. But for sure, I, I think that with uh, prices rising, people are going to be facing more stresses, more financial stresses, and they're going to look for more credit, new types of credit, and in some cases that might put them in a, a difficult position. So I think at this time, yeah, it's really important for folks to try to be, you know, to think really carefully through what the consequences are of this particular kind of loan. If, and if it's a payday loan, the fact is you got to pay it off in two weeks. If it's a, you know, a regular, uh, if it's a bank loan, then you've got more time and there's installments. But yeah, I, I absolutely think that that's critical all the time to be thinking about that, but at this time, for sure. 
is there any best practice? I mean, there are so many things out there. There's so much money out there to be borrowed, it seems now, more than before. Uh, are there any best practices that you advise when it comes to how to figure out how to you know, sort of wander through that maze of potential uh, places to borrow? Good question. I have to qualify by saying I'm not a credit counselor. No, so indeed. I'm, I'm really not a, yeah. I mean, what I would say, I mean, what I see, like what I see is the other side, right? Like I see people who have maybe come into a debt problem and they're struggling to get out. So, you know, I, I, I see that situation and I understand from their story how they got into that situation. And it's, you know, often involves a, a combination of both external barriers, like there's no bank in the neighborhood, they don't feel accepted by the, accepted, respected by the staff, mm. and also some internal barriers. For instance, um, in some cases, families grow up without an experience using a bank. Mm -hmm. their their family experience has been using a payday lender or a retailer and so i think uh yeah these these things can act as a barrier and um i guess helping people in whatever way you know if, whether it's through a credit counselor i mean talking to folks at the bank of course banks have vested interests so you have to be careful but to learn more about what the products are that are available and and i would say be very skeptical about products that sound really good and be particularly critical of products that are are coming from the fringe bank sector because those products tend to be high priced. They tend to be sort of dead end that, you know, you get that product and you're not building your credit rating. You can't get, you know, an account at that institution and, and you're not learning about other products. So it's it's kind of dead end. And and so I would be very careful in, in going to those places. I guess in that sense, Canada Post heading into this, it's an established name. Uh, it's set up with an established bank. Um it might be a bad thing to have something like Canada Post get into this space. Well, I, I mean, I think there is a, a history of Canada Post uh, delivering banking services. They've they've done a pilot. Now, I haven't seen the results of their pilot study. That would be really interesting to you know to know how that went. Other bank systems around the world do this. I would really like to see Canada Post do a full range of banking services i think that the big banks in canada aren't trying hard enough it's i mean until now it's been the credit unions for instance van city has a short-term loan similar to the one that the canada post has brought up they've had it for a couple of years now and assiniboine credit union in winnipeg offers uh interesting products directed at financially excluded people. The Desjardins Federation in Quebec has mm -hmm. a loan product. So it's been the credit unions that have, uh, I've been, I think, been more competitive than the big banks. I hope that, you know, Canada Post gets into this and pushes the big banks because they're the ones with the massive networks and they hold 85% of the bank assets. You know, they have the ability to do this in a, in a really big way if they had an interest in doing so. Jerry Buckland, uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Ben.